Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Let me pray real quick. Okay, so, yeah, so Jesus, thank you for your beauty, God. Thank you, Father, that you captivate our hearts. Thank you, Jesus, that you made our hearts for romance. That our hearts are attracted to the rays and the radiance of the glory and the splendor of the King of Glory, God. I thank you, Father, that we fit together like a Lego piece and we're locked in gaze, God. And I thank you, God, that this tribe is a glory tribe, God. Thank you that these hearts of these men and women are locked in the gaze of the glory of the beautiful one, King Jesus, wonderful Savior, magnificent King of glory, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. Holy are you, holy. The cherubim and the seraphim, they cry out, holy, 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 holy. We exalt you, king of glory, magnificent savior of the world. Your whole earth is full of your glory and you have called us to synchronize to the reality that is already on the planet, God, by believing. So right now, we believe. The Pharisees asked Jesus, how are you displaying the supernatural miracle signs and wonders? And Jesus said, yeah, it's easy. I synchronize. Just synchronize. Just believe and be synchronized. It's already here. And that synchronization comes down in faith and power gets displayed. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, so, yeah. So let me just, let me introduce myself. I don't know if I could stand. I wish this was a little bit more stable. I'm gonna drink coffee. Hold on for a second. My name is Eddie Sosa. Uh, I love this man right here. <laughs> and uh, I love the glory. I'm, I, uh, I don't think um, anything elegant or special or anything fabulous or spectacular, but since I love the glory, I think I'm all right. I, 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 feel, pretty, I feel pretty good about myself, you know? And the glory, man, the addiction to the glory. I mean, when I was, I was born in Ray, I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens, hence the accent, came out to Florida, I was like a fish out of water, and next thing you know, the power of God hit me at a church that I ran, well, I was asking the Lord, I was like, God, you know, I was like, where are you, who are you, randomly met some people, I went to the back of the church, I was dressed in army fatigue, 90s child, you know, with a big old chain and stuff, you know. And uh, a hat a little bit tilted, like, you know, 45 degree angle, <laughs> taking up two chairs. And they were like, come up to the front if you want prayer. I was like, I'm not scared. Go up to the front. And I walk up to the front, and it was game over. I was, 
I was done. Power of God hit me, boom. And I became hungry, hungry for the glory. I would spend eight hours in the glory till three o'clock in the morning. And I was the weirdest one in my church. Started a prayer meeting in my garage. And uh, we would go after God. One time, we all looked at each other. We got up and we looked at each other. We're like, hold on for a second. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I don't know. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? I don't know. What are you thinking? And we kept on that for like about probably 30 seconds. It was a little awkward. And then finally, we were like, yeah, we need to go to the bars. We need to take this prayer meeting and make it mobile. And we would go out there. And I had my hoodie. And I'd walk around in these streets with tears. I, did, I was too shy to go up to somebody and say, hey, what's going on? Jesus loves you. I was too shy for that. I, I was walking around with a hoodie, tears, walking around, crying and praying, crying and praying. The very first time I preached the gospel to somebody, this is dude with a tattoo chain around his neck. And he, he was a big guy. And I walk up to him, and I didn't have any eloquent words to say but my own grid of encounters and experience. So I said, has anybody, have you, oh, hold on a second. Have you ever experienced the glory of God in your room by yourself? And he's like, he backs up, he's like, no. Kind of like saying, you're weird, yeah? <laughs> I was like, I was like, do you want to? And I'm in his face, I'm getting closer, he's backing up. And I'm possessed, man, I'm like, Jesus, full of Jesus. And he was like looking at me. He's like, I don't know, maybe, yes, probably. And then he was like, all right. And I grabbed his hand and started praying for him. He accepts Jesus and he falls on the floor like a sack of potatoes. And I'm like, and I'm looking around, people are looking at me, and I'm like, I didn't do it. I, got, I prayed for him. You want some prayer? They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> and so that was our style. We would go up to people and just pray for people and have them encounter the glory of the king. And it was just something where it brought us together, the power and the love of God, this prayer meeting. It was just one extreme uh, radiating, pulsating love group that we went out there and radiated what we pulsated with. You know, I wanted to preach about something, but it's not coming out. <laughs> I had something prepared and... Um, there is, a, there is a reality. You know, the gospel is not a law that we follow. The gospel is not a uh, regiment. The gospel is a declaration that there's a way to reality. It's just saying this is the way. That's the gospel. In the book of Acts, they call the people, people of the way. People of the way, they're known for, for being of the way because they're constantly, constantly proclaiming the way to reality. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The word truth actually in Greek is the word translated. It's reality. Book of John, it says in the first chapter, first verse, it says, uh, it says let me look it up real quick. Hold on. In the beginning. In the beginning. You guys ever seen that post on Facebook? It says, in the beginning, 
in the beginning. Have you heard it? Have you seen it? No, okay, never mind. Bad joke if nobody's seen it. Okay, hold on, here we go. Okay, here it goes. It says, finds it before me, please go ahead and read it out loud. Help me out. Okay. In the beginning, before all time, the Word, Christ, this is the Amplified, and the Word was, the Word was God, and the Word is God, and the Word himself was God, and he was in the beginning. All things were made, and came into existence through him and without him not even one thing was made that has come into being okay so what this is saying is that he is the blueprint the actual design and the source and essence and source of all life there is a reality that's beyond our comprehension because we are in a limited frequency that actually we have partnered with thought process, minds, and perceptions that have limited our perception to one dimension, and it's what we're living in. But the gospel creates a way into another reality, and that reality is the kingdom of God, king's domain. The kingdom of God is the place where God and his word has an orchestration wand and is constantly bringing everything into the order of romance with the song and creativity and the whim of his presence and his glory. And there is clouds and angels singing and partnering. And the people of God are so addicted to his love that they are swaying back and forth because of the romance. If he says left, it's not out of legalism. It is out of romance. And we sway to the left. And and we sway to the right and we become people who surf the wave and we got to just hang loose in the glory and revival really the fire of revival is a fire that awakens people but it kills people at the same time I didn't want to share this I wanted to keep this locked this little thing that I've got I was in prayer one time, and uh, I was in the glory, <clears throat> in worship, and uh, I got uh, caught up in what you guys know to be a vision, a trance. Uh, it's very biblical, you know. Um, Peter fell into a trance and saw a vision. Ezekiel saw a vision. Isaiah saw a vision. John the Revelator in the book of Revelations went up into a vision. This visionary encounter thing is extremely common in the Bible and so I went into this vision and it was extremely intimate and I was very hesitant to say it um, but you guys started singing about the fire falling uh, and consuming I forgot the name of that song I don't remember huh you won't relent yes yes 
And we were having a conversation, Jeremy, about John Wesley. John Wesley, they asked him the secret to the ministry. I was going to preach about something else, but every, you guys messed me up. But I was, I was going to uh, preach about the actual, uh, the kingdom of God being reality. But um, there was a quote of John Wesley. He said, uh, somebody was like, hey, what's your secret to ministry? And he was like, it's easy, simple. I set myself on fire and I watch, uh, and people, uh, people come to watch me burn. I set myself on fire and people wa- come to watch me burn. And that's that, that right there has been one of my life models. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth, another famous evangelist from the early 1940s, 1930s, probably even earlier than that, probably 1920s. Um, uh, <clears throat> he would go around doing miracle signs and wonders. This guy, I love that when I was young in the Lord, I would have a Bible and a Smith, Wiggle, Smith Wigglesworth book in my book bag. And, it would, and I would pull it out and I would read the Bible or I'd read that Smith Wigglesworth book. And so this guy was literally probably my mentor because I read all of his books and I was continually divulging in his life and his sermons and stuff like that. But Smith Wigglesworth, he said, there was one time there was a reporter and this reporter was like, okay, I heard stories that when there is the, um, there's a prayer meeting and Smith Smith Wigglesworth is there, uh, they start uh, going after God and praying and contending. And next thing you know, Uh, Smith Wigglesworth is dancing in the middle of the room in the glory, completely delighted in the Lord and and uh, minister by minister and reporter by reporter start leaving the room because the intensity of the glory was so thick in that place. And Smith Wigglesworth was completely oblivious to the fact that this was happening around him. And this reporter was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the last one standing there. I'm going to be recording ex- everything that's going on in that room. And he went. The, uh, the, the reporter went. And he it started. People, ministers started leaving the room because the glory, the kabod, the weight of the presence of God was so thick in that room that Smith Wigglesworth, he was the only one that was able to stand that much intensity of the glory because his heart was acclimated his his search his hunger his desire was acclimated to that much glory people started leaving uh, little by little because it was so intense and uh this reporter was found underneath a chair grabbing onto one of those uh legs trembling under the power of god saying i'm staying i'm staying i want more of this and i want to see what happens and he started crawling backwards and left the room because the glory was so thick. And Smith, that right there, <laughs> out of all the miracles, out of all the glory, out of everything that I've seen in this guy's life, I was like, that's what I want, the glory. I want to be acclimated to the presence, to the place where his heart and his glory is a clothing. I am clothed. My life's mission is that glory. And in this vision that I was in worship, I I went up. <laughs> it was a church service, so I saw a glory cloud, and I saw it swirling. Now, mind you, I know this is wild if you guys aren't used to this, and I apologize, but you, I know, yeah, I know, I know, I know, yeah. 
So this glory cloud was swirling, and next thing you know, the, uh, the, the cloud got close, and it was a whirlwind. <laughs> and it came close to me, and it sucked me up. And uh, I was in a place where everything was dark, and I knew it to be the revelatory realm. There's realms in heaven that God um, has for certain purposes. And I was caught up in the revelatory realm. And I saw, I was standing there, kind of like in the matrix. All of a sudden, there's a room that just appears out of nowhere. And you're like, whoa, what's going on? And this computer digital world appears and does all these things. Uh, Jesus was on a cross right in front of me. And I got down on my knees. And uh, he got off of the cross. And he... Um, told me to come and I came and in the next scene I was on the cross and um, I looked this is wild I don't I haven't told anybody this and so I'm kind of nervous telling people because it's secrets and I wasn't gonna say it but he told me to share it um, <laughs> I saw him putting on some white Nikes I'm sorry. It's just funny, man. To me, I'm like, what in the world are you doing? I'm on the cross, and he's putting on white Nikes, and he's got a, a hat on, and he's got blue jeans and a shirt, kind of like the way I would dress. And I'm like, and I'm on the cross. And I came out of the vision, and I started weeping. And I was like, I know what this is. This is Galatians 2.20. Illustrated. Galatians 2.20, I could quote it, but I'll probably mess it up. Right here, it says, For I have been crucified with Christ. That is, in him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives through me. And so that was a message from him to me of his desire for my life. And that happened about a month ago. That happened like about a month ago, a month and a half ago. After that, after a, uh, after a, a bunch of events, um, God has been challenging me for revival, you know. And I have been thinking and meditating on Galatians 2.20. I'm like, Lord... What is it to be crucified with Christ? Because scripture is a doorway. It's a portal into a reality that actually a lot of people view it as text. But if you let it jump off the page by the help and the teacher of the Holy Spirit, he quickens it and leads you into the reality of what it says. So in meditation and in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, I've been in Galatians 2.20. And he's been talking to me about the fire of God that has us completely dead to the things and the grasps and the hooks of anything that is not of faith. And we become 
like Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 is, uh, let me read it to you guys real quick. Going, and I apologize. I had a bunch of scriptures that I never, I was going to actually get onto, but. Hold on for a second, guys. Galatians 12. Okay. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing unto the Father as your intelligent act of worship. So, I say all it is to say this. The glory of God, it, the, the, the reason why God is on the planet is to create a uh, an establishment of his kingdom because he's a king that wants to dominate and he wants to dominate not for the purpose of power and prestige like the kings of the world he wants to dominate for the purposes of love to seek out his pride and that kingdom is a reality the word truth like I said in Greek is the word reality and when we encounter the power of God there's a lot of people that either appreciate it because their hearts are actually real enough to know their creator they are sincere with themselves enough they are humble enough they are they are seekers enough to actually know their creator and they end up turning their whole life just to behold the one that they're coming from and the things of the world haven't hardened their heart the substitutes of the world haven't gripped them enough to be hard so that they, didn't, they can't recognize their source and their creator. And when they end up being caught in that glance, repentance is no longer about works or actions or performance, but it is about hearing the words poetically from a lover that has captivated their hearts. And we are people that have lived a life that we have been void of everything that is not in Jesus enough to know his love is good. And the reality of the kingdom is in the book of Genesis chapter 1, he spoke the worlds into existence. And when he spoke the worlds into existence, every atom is charged with the blueprint of heaven and in within the molecules of everything created trees grass people animals everything has a vibration even scientists they're like what is that vibration but we know it's the word of god holding every atom intact the word of god jesus christ the king of glory reality the endowment of power in the book of acts the fire of god that takes us and disaligns us from the words of the enemy that has confused and manipulated and deceived Adam and Eve in the beginning and has caused them to align with his word, causing him to be the dominant one, causing him to be the prince of the powers of this airwaves because through airwaves, vibration and word and communication is actually uh, distributed. He has come with this fire to dislodge us from the reality of the enemy, 
break our hearts to where it's like an alabaster box in the presence of the king. And we have aligned our lives in repentance and we believe. And when we believe, we synchronize to the word of the king of glory. And all it is, is just believing. The reality is the place now that we rest in. It's the place that we chill. <laughs> it is the place where joy and identity is a radiance that smacks people around with the love and reality of the presence. We come into the room for some reason. People are like, there's something going on in here. When we walk up to people and talk to them and tell them about the love of Jesus, for some reason, they take their hat off and they bow their heads. And we're not being prestige in our style. I actually still dress like this. I'm not a president, but I'm an ambassador and, I'm, and a representative of different reality. And the reality of the kingdom permeates their hearts and they don't even know it until you give them the gospel, the way into truth. And that truth creates a life. The way, the truth, the life, the fullness of Jesus Christ. Passion isn't something that is accumulated and conjured up. The word passion actually means something that you're willing to suffer for. The word passion, if you look it up in the dictionary, is the suffering. It's worth suffering. You suffer not because of the sake of something bad happening to you, but you put yourself in harm's way. Just like if a child, one of your kids were in danger, you would run and you would put yourself in the place of suffering so that you can tend to your child. The passion is what put Jesus on the cross and the passion is what keeps us in the portal and in the fire of a sacrificial life. The fire of a sacrificial life is the place where people start to become the radiance of their lover and they emanate Jesus so much that they can't tell the difference within the union. And it is a open heaven and a Jacob's ladder. I don't know if you guys know this terminology, but Jesus said to, Th to Thomas, it says, angels, he says, you believe because I told you a couple of things that, you know, I prophesied over you and all this stuff, Thomas. Okay, but check this out. You're going to believe. Be you're actually going to see angels ascend and descend. You're going to see the portal of heaven open, and there's going to be activity from the world of my kingdom to the worlds of men, and that is going to shock you more than my prophetic word. And that is the marker, the ultimate marker of a believer, to become a living door, just like Jesus is a living door. The mysticism, the people who dwell experientially and are acquainted with their lover, experiential, and we are living sanctuaries, and in for short, saints. Saints are living sanctuaries of his fire. When, when the reality of God comes to earth and we become people that have synchronized ourselves passionately with that fire. It's like in the book of Kings. I think it's 1 Kings. Elijah, he was like, all right, prophets of Baal, 
It's like, all right, go ahead and call on your God to put a sacrifice on the altar and see whose God will come down with fire and consume this sacrifice. And if it was like modern terminology, I'd be like punk, you know, like very confrontational. But he's a, but these prophets who looked at him and started uh, cutting themselves and doing all this witchcraft. Very, very gruesome, nasty stuff. And he was like, okay, are you guys tired yet? They were night and day cutting themselves, crying out to God, doing all types of blasphemy. And he said... He said, okay, put, now that you guys are done, put water around the sacrifice. And that was a representation because water back then was scarce. So it was a literal expression of a sacrifice. There were people thirsty, crops dying, cattle not producing. There was everything was there was a, a famine in the land because there was a drought and he said the little bit of water that you guys have just pour it all over here pour it all and, and he, they were like okay and he prayed a simple prayer and the fire of god came boom licked up the water consumed the all the offering and uh returned israel back to their god that was an illustration of what we are to be living sacrifices galatians 2:20 no longer i that live but christ that lives in me and the life that i live is no longer me but it is christ through me he's putting on his nike's yeah and when we become people who are in that place it is a sign and a wonder to the world and the kingdom being established is not a verbal message but a demonstration Jesus says go preach the kingdom no actually he didn't say he didn't say go preach the kingdom he says uh, tell the kingdom that it tell people that the kingdom is here that's what he said. Tell the, tell the people the kingdom is here. Cast out devils, raise the, raise the dead, uh, heal the sick, and freely I've given you, freely give. And when they did, they went out there, and the sign wasn't that people were getting healed, miracles, signs, and wonders. The sign was that God has come to earth to establish his domain. So I'm going to close up. Um, I'm going to leave you guys with something real quick before I keep on going because I don't want to keep on going. We've been going in worship for such a long time. Um, okay. So what does, when we align ourselves to the fire of God and we become living sacrifices, what does that look like practically? repentance when we it repentance like i was saying earlier isn't stopping actions and performance and altering your life it is changing your source i am no longer listening to the voice of the enemy i am listening to the voice of my lover and i have repented 
And the Bible says, in the, uh, John the Baptist, it says to the Pharisees, says, keep with repentance and bear fruit unto repentance. And what that is, it is staying locked, the gaze of the lover. And next thing you know, the reality of the kingdom is being demonstrated and we bear fruit. There was, a, there was one time I was uh, in the streets and there was, uh, there was a group of people on one side of Ybor City and a group of other people on the other side of Ybor City. One side was hell and fire preachers that were saying destruction will come to you if you don't repent. And the other group was uh, people who were homosexual and they were people that were saying just love us. They were having signs, just love us, just love us. And that reality is demonstrated through every person in society, just love us, through different expressions. Everybody is in the same category of saying just love, just love, just love. And they seek it in different ventures of life and they become an expression of their search for love. Everybody is in the same category, search for love. And so I was I <laughs> walking around with a pizza, hanging out with my buddy, and next thing you know, uh, my buddy, uh, I, I walk up to somebody and I said, look, man, I'm so sorry that these people, that they're mean. I apologize for them. God isn't really like this. And he's like, what are you talking about? You know, we sh God should be like this. And I looked at his shirt and it said, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm like, oh, snap, you're one of them. And I was like, oh, no, I got the wrong person. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. Um, and then um, he started just screaming at me. And my boy was a little bit more aggressive than me, so I, they started arguing. So I backed up. I'm like, that's my escape right there. So I got in the middle of the street, and I said, I looked at the hell preachers, and I stared at them, and they all stopped because this random person is staring at them. And they're thinking that I'm going to say something, but I didn't say anything. I turned my back, and I looked at the people that were holding up the sign saying, just love us. And I said, you are beautiful. You are amazing. You are just the way God designed you. And there is a love that says they, that there's a love that says just come and you're accepted. And I said, what happens is that that love changes us into whatever we feel satisfied with. The desire and the delight of God in his love makes us the most joyful, fulfilled, satisfied people. And all everybody's like, amen, amen, amen. And the people in the back, like, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and then I was like, you, come over here for a second. And the guy... I was like, put your, your sign. I was like, give it to that person. And uh, he was like, all right. And so I was like, come here. And uh, prayed for the guy. And the power of God hit him. And he started weeping. And he, uh, I'm trying to remember how it really went down. I, th I think he got on his knees and he started weeping. And I, st I, walked, I started talking to another person. And I started praying for everybody. And, and some people started screaming at me and ran away because they were more gripped with the voice of the false satisfier 
of their heart. And so whatever was gripping them took control of them and they ran. And there were people that were broken and this, all these people, they were like, uh, they, they understood that God isn't the one who says, repent in your actions. It says, repent in your heart towards me and that I am your lover and I can satisfy you and in turn, your actions and your lifestyle will follow, you know? And so this way of living, this way of being a people that operate from the voice of reality, the truth of God that brings a certain fragrance in our lives that we're smelling it and it's like, what is that smell? And it's because we're actually smelling ourselves, the fire of God burning our hearts. And that smell actually produces a fragrance. And we're like, wow, this is an amazing smell. There's angels. We are, we're encountering a lifestyle that actually radiates what I'm beholding. And there's people around me that are encountering God just because of my love affair. This lifestyle is for everybody. We are called to it. We are, we are people who are not designed to hold a lifestyle of burden and stress and work. We are called for his delight. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.